Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than a Mahler Bros Golf signature polo. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun tees, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. You know when you're golfing, the sun's beating down, and you want to take your shirt off because of the heat? These polos almost feel like you aren't wearing one at all. Are your polos getting outdated and dingy? Time to get new ones that will make you stand out on the golf course. You need Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Their polos are comfortable, slim fitting, and will make you look good and feel good while you're golfing with the guys. You know, Subi, I live here in Scottsdale, Arizona. It can be real hot during the summer. And what I'm always looking for is something that's going to wick that moisture away and make me feel like I'm wearing nothing at all. That's what you get here with Mahler Bros Golf Polos. Also, us being sponsored by Belly Up Media, they have Belly Up t-shirts you can buy at MahlerBros.com as well. That's MahlerBros.com backslash Belly Up. Mahler Bros doesn't only have polos, but they have really fun golf t-shirts that you can wear anywhere. Maybe like the barbecue your family invited to you, or even that get together with your friends. Make sure to let them know where you got that shirt and wear it proudly. I'm going to wear mine this weekend during March Madness. Don't wait to try your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. You're listening to Theater and College Hoops. I'm Subi alongside me, Taylor Dammel. We are brought to you by Belly Up Media. Go download, subscribe, rate, and review us on whichever device it is that you use. No college hooper of the day. We need to just get to the nitty gritty, Taylor. We need to get to the bracket. We have a fully functional bracket that is in front of us. So no college hooper of the day. Check out the website at theaterincollegehoops.com and make sure to follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feet is and Taylor at Taylor Dammel. Let's open the curtains for March Madness, baby.
a bracket there there's no better feeling than a fresh fresh bracket that is birthed from your printer how did you enjoy selection sunday can i just say real quick selection sunday as a production itself was kind of terrible greg gumbel messed up a few lines he completely bungled how he wanted to describe the brandon miller situation um, and then also when they revealed a one versus 16, it was supposed to be the winner of Texas Southern. Uh, and I, I forget who else they're playing, but they got, they, they got the graphic wrong and it was uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi and SEMO who had already been, who had already been uh, shown. So it was kind of a disaster from that point, but how was your selection Sunday, my man? Dude, it was good. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. It uh, it's one of my favorite days, obviously, of the year. I actually got to play a little golf uh on the morning of Selection Sunday. Actually, that's that's how you select. I think I did what you're supposed to do on a Selection Sunday. Put my bets in early. Caught a little bit of the first uh, couple games going on. Played some golf. Monitored everything on my phone. Finished up golfing by the time all of the big games were wrapping up. Uh, so I got to see at least the second half of all of the the major tournaments uh, finals yesterday. Sat down, had a beer, uh, a crispy Coors Light uh, on draft, no less, um, and watched Selection Sunday. And I, I think that to your point about Selection Sunday being a, a poor production this time around, I think they're trying to turn it each year into too much of a production. We just want to know who's playing where. I don't need a thousand different like fluff this comments that cool titles fun. Just tell me where Arizona's at. Like, just tell me, tell me who's the one seed in the West. Tell me who's uh, who's getting that three seed out east. You know who's who's got the bracket or the region of death. Who's you know I don't I don't need to know a whole bunch of other stuff because if you remember, not that long ago, Selection Sunday was like a thirty minute or hour long program. Now it's like a two hour long program, and it's all. Ridiculous, uh, I, I think to me, it's like just let us get the bracket out there. I, I know I I'm not against like the pomp circumstance, all that type of stuff, but I'm like at least let let's just get out here and then get into it. Although you know, obviously one of the best parts of Selection Sunday is the reaction of each school. Although I do always think it's funny when they show a school like, "Oh, you're the three seed in the South region," and everyone jumps up and is cheering, and you're like, "Okay, nobody like this. You knew you were making the tournament." Right. Like, you knew that this is what you're going to be. I need more of like the Nevada's and the Arizona State's reaction. I don't need the reaction of Baylor like that. They knew that they were going to be a top four seed and they kind of knew where they were going to be. I, I it, It's funny when they show those celebrations because it's like, what are we what are we what are we celebrating uh, here? You know, so that's my only takeaway from that that production. I get why they're celebrating. It's an accomplishment making the NCAA tournament. Sure. Baylor is this. Baylor is this stalwart, a a common, common theme that we see every single year. We've expected them to join. But I understand what you're saying from a fan's perspective. I don't need to see Meryl Streep acting surprised or pumped up for winning another Oscar, right? 
Um, you think about, yeah, Bobby Hurley, who's already a lunatic in and of himself, right? If, if Bobby Hurley was an NIT team, for sure, I'd still want a camera on him to see the disappointment uh, of him not getting in the NCAA tournament. Of course, that didn't happen. He does get to go. But uh, I also think it's kind of funny and a little depressing, Taylor, when we see some of these venues. And I'm not going to call out a Purdue who had to play hours before Selection Sunday. I'm not calling out uh, anyone, any team, right? Memphis, Houston. But I will call out some other people who've had like a week to prepare for this. And they're in some auditorium or some very dark ballroom. And look, I'm not here to call out budget, anything like that. But when we know what Arizona does, they're always outside. It is a legitimate recruiting tool. But even a team like Marquette, it looked like they were at a bar. And it just looked like a little bit more fun. They're interacting with everyone as opposed to – or, look, I I understand being in the gym. That's kind of cool. But giving just just trying to be a little bit more creative if you're able to with budget and things of that nature because I know we're, we're, we're dealing with very small teams here. But there are some power teams where I'm just like, you look like a seventh grade assembly right now, and it doesn't look fun at all or energetic. This is a once-in-a-year type of deal. Enjoy this. Oh, the flexing of like an Arizona, an ASU, a Miami – to just be like, oh, are you guys not watching the selection show at 80 degrees and can't go jump in your pool after you make the tournament? Oh, sorry, I didn't realize that that wasn't, a, wasn't an option for you. You know, I, I do enjoy that just from my own, you know, personal perspective. But yes, you're completely right. I often wonder, like you said, and you're talking about not even weeks, like some of these teams got to 25 wins a month ago. <laughs> like, like, I, yeah, I was just talking about the AQ, but you're right. Teams yeah. that are first, like they know they're in. Yeah. Like you've known that you were in essentially since like the first practice of the fall. Right. And you didn't think about how you were going to play this out and you're a team that makes it every year. So how can you not know? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. It's like, come on, spend a hundred dollars on like a banner at least or something to put, to put up here. So, Selection Sunday, uh, to your point, though, I was pretty tired. I was a little sleepy yesterday because I was burning oil during that Arizona-UCLA game, which was magnificent. And then even just a a ton of other great games over the weekend. But we do have a field, Taylor. Before we dive into the regions, we'll start with the South. But before we dive in, I just have to say, I hate this damn bracket. I usually, every single year, love the bracket. I'm, I'm somewhat dumb confident in my picks dumb as in yeah i'm 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 probably going to be wrong but seldom in doubt often wrong seldom in doubt i am probably going to be often wrong and i'm very much in doubt that's the worst feeling you can have i i feel like if i go back to the seventh grade assembly later that week in the weekend it's the it's the teen center the dance and i'm unsure of myself i have zero confidence and it's like a kid trying to dance with a partner at, at the teen center it's just not good. And I really hate this bracket, man. I don't, and maybe it goes to the point that everyone was trying to convince me of that everyone sucks. I don't know, but I think there's just so many matchups of teams that, and, and agendas and narratives that I was trying to push where I'm just like, God, I have to make a tough decision here. I didn't want to do that. Or when I look at the East region, I'm just like, what the hell am I supposed to do here? What, what, what do I do here? Who should I be confident in? Um, I don't know. So let me just pause real quick there, Taylor. Generally speaking, all four regions, the whole Megillah, what do you think about this bracket? Because I hate it, man. 
Oh, totally. Me too. I, I texted you this uh, last night, I think, when the first bracket came. Uh, or when I got through my first bracket, I said, man, I hate my final four. And there's no way that at least two of these teams are not making the final four. And then you have teams that you and I both individually, but also collectively have like ball washed all year. And now I'm trying to convince myself as why they're not good and why they're going to lose in the second round. Even though all year long, I'm sitting here preaching to nobody about, Oh no, this team is, this team fucks, man. Like this team is so good. They're, they're awesome. And then now I'm here in the bracket being like, Oh, there's no way they're going to the sweet 16 so that's the the most confident person in the world is a total liar if they say oh yeah i'm very confident in my march madness bracket it makes you it makes you like question every everything that you have done all year everything that you think about anything really you know um yeah i i don't like this bracket either specifically as we've talked about specifically like the east is is brutal in my opinion um it is a little nicer when your team, your alma mater, for example, is good and is a legitimate pick to the final four because that makes your decision making on that part of the bracket a little easier. Um, when your team's, when the team you root for is like a nine seed, then that's not good because you're like, oh, this is, you know, that your bracket's wrong. Like, you know, that's going to be wrong, but you have to still take your team to a certain degree, right? Uh, unless you're, unless you're the shark. But um, yeah, I, I don't like this bracket either. I am. I could I could see this being all one seeds in the final four. I could see this being no one seeds in the final four. There's so many things at play. You look at the numbers and you look at even the history. I mean, you look at last year in the final four. When you eventually get your final four and you're and you're looking at it and you take a step back, you I, I like to think, hey, what were the seeds last year? You had two twos, I believe, a one and an eight seed, which was Carolina. And three of those teams were blue bloods. I think a lot of people expected them to get there. And then, of course, Carolina came crashing in. I'm looking at this. I'm like, who is going to be the one team to knock out what I believe in my final four or four of the best teams in the entire country? But I just I'm not feeling confident in it. But, Taylor, why don't we start with the South? Okay, Uh, what I want to do format wise in the past, what we've done is just go pick by pick. I want to change it up here this year, Taylor. What I want to do is first start out with any upsets that you might have. Not really looking at a nine versus eight if you can avoid it, but any upsets that you may have, and then just general thoughts. And then from there, um, we will. You're, you're going to tell me your Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, and who wins that region as it stands today. Please note, theater goers, we reserve the right to change this and switch this up anytime prior to March Madness tipping, not until, not, not before this uh, publishes. Okay. We're dealing with some injury issues that I want some more clarity on. And I need to continue to get inside my own head and flip flop a million times. But Taylor, let me start here. Any upsets in the South that you want to highlight? Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if it's going to be considered that much of an upset, but I, I do have Charleston uh, to the sweet 16. I have them uh, beating San Diego state in the first round as well as Virginia in the second round. I don't think that is really going out on a limb. You're talking about a team that I believe they lead the nation in wins this year. Uh, if not, they were tied. Uh, I don't think anyone had less uh, losses than they did. Um, you know, we talked about them a little bit last week with uh, the Australian flamethrower rain smith uh they got five dudes who average in double figures uh that are all their starters there's a lot to like about this basketball team i don't uh, i don't love san diego state we always talk about them as like the 20th best team in the country 
And that usually means that you peter out by the second round or the Sweet 16. And in this particular situation, I just have them losing in the first round. And then I think Virginia has some issues this year, too. They're not exactly, um, well, they're never exactly, like, uh, you know, amazing on offense in terms of an overall score perspective. I think a team like Charleston that can score, literally anybody that has the ball uh, that can score, um, you know, might give them some trouble. So I like I like Charleston as kind of my big upset here to the uh, Sweet 16. Yep, I got Charleston in the Sweet 16 as well, and it should be noted. You should probably fade me and 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 follow Taylor, despite the fact that that conflicts because I do have Charleston in the Sweet 16. But it should be noted I finished dead last in the goddamn Jerome. So maybe that's an added layer, Taylor, of why I hate this bracket and an added layer of, of pressure for me because finishing dead last in the Jerome is so bad. They give a podcast and a microphone to anyone these days. I'm acknowledging that. I'm fully acknowledging that my passion probably exceeds my knowledge of this goddamn and godforsaken sport. So I did finish dead last in the Jerome Taylor. On the other hand, though, finished third valiant, brilliant second, excuse me, second brilliant performance from TD. Got a nine, but we were joking about the nine bomb for SEMO for Johnny freeze nine bomb for you for GCU grand Canyon, baby stand up that yep. maybe they'll be an upset pick later on in the bracket. Hmm. Wow, if true. Uh, so I've got I got Charleston as well going to the Sweet 16. I can't uh, – SDSU, I feel like their offensive woes have kind of risen their ugly head recently. Charleston has won 30-plus games for a reason, folks. I doubted them even in their conference tournament, and they came out on top. Pat Kelsey and his boys, they just they, – they are so fast and entertaining to play against. Uh, San Diego State is tough as hell. I understand that, but – I think Charleston is built for this uh, this year. Like I said, 30-plus wins. I've finally seen the light after they won the CAA. The other upset, I think that's pretty trendy. You may have alluded to it. Furman and over West – or excuse me, over Virginia. I personally don't see that. And I, the second the second Greg Gumbel announced those two teams in that matchup, I knew it was going to be a trendy pick because Virginia does look very troubling. Benton Vanderplas – is out for the season and they can't muster up any offense. However, I think they're good enough to get by Furman. Furman didn't necessarily impress me that much in the SOCON. Um, I think, and remember Virginia did win the ACC tournament or excuse me, not the ACC tournament, but split a share of the ACC regular season title. So I think Virginia is good enough to get past them, but I think they lose to Charleston next round. Uh, Other upset. I don't know if you want to call it this. I think they're favored, but from a strictly Seedings perspective, I'm going Utah State over Missouri. Stephen Ashworth, this is, a, I believe, a top 20 team in Ken Palm. They can shoot the leather off the ball. They they push San Diego State in that Mountain West final, beat Boise State pretty convincingly. I like Utah State in this, uh, in this spot. Very intriguing, though, because Missouri and Kobe Brown have been terrific down the stretch. But this is going to be a, a fun matchup. It's going to be a lot of points. I'll take Utah State though. Uh, so those are my two big upsets. Yeah, I I was considering that. The other thing I was considering was I've been a big Dins guy all year as well uh, with Furman, and this is where you start to really get into your own head about what you should be picking. Because then I'm like, well, I can't have there's no I can't have a 12 and a 13 seed playing each other in the second round as if either of the games have anything to do with each other, you know. So uh, definitely overthought that. I guess it's not really. Uh, 
an upset, but I do have Creighton uh, beating Baylor uh, in the second round, which should be really a great game. Um, and I would love to see, as a college basketball fan, I'd love to see a, a Creighton-Arizona rematch uh, from the Maui Invitational earlier this year. So there's a lot of rematch, rematch potential and revenge games. We already got one settled with Bryce Hopkins going up against Kentucky. But there's a lot of opportunity for some of those games. Taylor, any other thoughts uh, outside of the upsets, outside of that Creighton-Baylor game? Anything you want to talk about regarding Miami, uh, Maryland, West Virginia is a little intriguing. But anything you know past that first round, any teams you want to highlight from the South? West Virginia is a very interesting team to me because the numbers and like Ken Palm loves West Virginia. The only thing that didn't love West Virginia was the actual results of the games. Um, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't win nearly enough games to be as high as they are in all of the metrics. Um, it's a tough, in my opinion, a tough potential second round game for, uh, for Alabama though. Um, Alabama's young, as we all know. Uh, they shoot the hell out of the ball, and they shoot it a lot. West Virginia and a guy like Huggy Bear, this is not exactly his first rodeo. I could maybe see that West Virginia-Alabama game, if that's what it plays out to be, being kind of a sneaky good game of, of, of this tournament because I think West Virginia has just been a team that hasn't been talked about all year because of their win-loss record. But if they can play up to what their metrics say, then that should be a very good game. In fact, they're the best nine seed. Uh, what was I reading today? They're like the best uh, team that's ranked above six uh, in in the in the seeding as in, in terms of like Ken Palm, I believe. So, could be a sneaky tough matchup for Alabama there, and it's one where you might see some uh, of the veteran or lack of veteran uh, leadership on an Alabama. Or, I shouldn't say leadership, but you know, just their roster being as young as it is, I could see that maybe being an issue uh, with West Virginia. I'm not picking that. I'm still picking Alabama, but I'm just saying if, if I'm going to pick out another game in here, that's the one that looks kind of one that is going to be overlooked by the general public, but might end up being a better game than anticipated. I think there's a lot of great games in the bottom half of this region, right? Bama, I think, is going to roll, obviously, against the 16 seed. I think West, West Virginia-Maryland might be a competitive matchup, but that's two teams that I don't foresee going very far or making any sort of runs. Uh, San Diego State-Charleston, that could be exciting a little bit, but I, I think Charleston's going to take care of business. Virginia, I think, is going to take care of business. And then this is where it gets really interesting for me. Creighton-NC State. I like Creighton over Baylor as well. That being said, I think a lot of people have just automatically put Creighton in over NC State. This is another added layer of complexity when you're filling out brackets. You look at it and you say, I like Creighton over Baylor, but that's a round of 32 matchup. And you say, do I like Creighton over NC State? I do, but it's something that has given me pause. NC State's backcourt is tremendous. All right, and we've seen Creighton really play down to their competition at times this season, and we've seen them not play well. And you know my thoughts on Baylor Shireman and how he doesn't necessarily raise their ceiling, even though the ceiling's already pretty high. Just keep an eye out for NC State, all right? Also, Baylor, clean it the hell up right now. These have got, I'm not telling Scott Drew, who's going to be a Hall of Famer, how to coach and how to prep his team, but my goodness, you look like garbage right now. The metrics love you, but you look terrible, and you got a really, really dangerous UCSB team coming to play you. All right, this is the exact type of team that I think we would be on the lookout to upset a Baylor prior to them winning a national title. You think of Yale. I think Yale was the 14 when they beat them with 
uh, Makai, I forget his, the, the, the point guard's name who eventually ended up transferring to Baylor, but be on the lookout, man. Cause Baylor hasn't looked good. They can't defend a soul and UCSB has a lot of good guards that attack the rim. Again, I'm going to go with Creighton and Baylor in their first round matchups. Then I'm going to take Creighton. Uh, but those are some, those are some very interesting games there. Taylor, let's wrap it up here in the South. Give me your sweet 16 matchups and who ends up winning. I think I know. I think, you know, because spoiler alert, we have the same thing. It's Alabama over Charleston, Arizona over Creighton, Arizona over Alabama to the final four. I think that's just how it's got to, it's got to shake out, right? I mean, Bama's got to be really thrilled with uh, with with their path. So some good things out of the South. Taylor, let's do the same thing in the Midwest now. Tell me about any upsets you might foresee. So I have uh, – I actually have – I've been off on um, on Indiana all year. It hasn't been a guy a team that I've been a big fan of. So I have the Golden Flashes from Kent State uh, making a run at them, taking them down there in the first round. I also I didn't pick it, but I am like one Coors Light away from picking the winner of the playing game between Mississippi State and and Pitt over Iowa State. I don't like Iowa State at all, at all. And so I have them going just because I'm kind of fighting myself on that. Um, another team I've really liked all year is Iowa, as we've talked about. They can fill it up. Playing a team like Houston in the second round is not ideal for them. But they do have the firepower to to maybe make that game competitive. I did not pick that either. Unfortunately, my bracket is pretty chalky on this side for the most part. Um I do have Miami uh, going to the Sweet 16. So uh, this is one where you uh, we've we've been talking about Houston all year and how good they are and how good they are and how good they are. And they are that good. And for some reason, I just like can't get myself to take them all the way through. And I am like kicking myself. But um, Penn State obviously came on strong pretty late uh, there to, to make the tournament. Uh, I think Texas A&M is, is a pretty good team. Probably a team that really – one of the most – untalked about teams that was a top, you know, a, a good team this year, what they finished second in the SEC, I believe. Um, yeah, Kent State's my big one on this side. I, I My bracket is kind of chalky in here, but I think Kent State would be a, a shocker for most. I'm riding with you on Kent State, and it actually pains me quite a bit. But in looking at Indiana, and you kept saying it, I just don't trust the other guys. They have the potential they have the superstar. I even think they have the coaching. But I can't trust Miller Cop and Trey Galloway. I can't trust Race Thompson at the line. So I do, I, I think I am going to go with Kent State. And I, I even tweeted earlier this year, I said, look out for the Mac. If you want to keep an eye out for some teams or a mid-major conference that has three or four teams that can knock off a big guy. I, I tweeted this way earlier. I said, it's the Mac because you got Akron, you got Kent State. Obviously, it's only going to be Kent State, but I, some of those other teams, they could absolutely do it. I got Kent State beating Indiana as well, and it's going to be a rude, rude awakening uh, and a rude ending, I should say, for Trace Jackson Davis. That's really going to suck. Miami's one of those teams that I've been wanting to take to the Final Four. And then I'm alluding to what I had said earlier in the in the program about wanting, you know, wanting them for my narratives. 
I can't do it. <laughs> I can't in all good conscience take them to the final four here. But if I'm focusing on upsets, I'm going with Kent State as well. And I'm, I wanted to take Penn State over Texas A&M. I just think Texas A&M has been playing supremely well. Penn State has been playing really well as also, and they had a magical run in the Big Ten tournament. But some of these games down the stretch for Penn State, they've been so close and competitive, but they can't get it done. Tamu has gotten it done. They have been that good. And remember, they picked off Bama at home. Now, that's probably a result of playing in College Station, but – if you contribute to, I think, one of the only two losses in conference that Alabama had, I will take them. You mentioned Iowa-Auburn. I usually don't say nine over eight is an upset. I still don't, but I think it should be worth noting. I'm actually taking Auburn in this game. I think the metrics like them a little bit more uh, than Iowa, and I I think Auburn's been consistently mediocre. I think I'd rather that than an Iowa team that lost to the worst team in the entire country earlier this season. Let's not forget about that. That Iowa could show up. Um, And then here's my last thing. I'm not picking it, Taylor. I'm not picking it. But you know my thoughts on my Matt 90 degree Langle. So sharp. They are going to push Texas. We've seen a 15 over to the last couple of years, St. Peter's over Kentucky, Oral Roberts over Ohio State. I'm, I'm terrified for Texas, man. I think they're awesome. I think they're great. But in terms of the the trends of the last couple of years and how good Colgate is and how close they've been to pulling off these upsets, I'm not taking it, Taylor, but it's impacted the way I'm picking Texas moving forward. I mean, Colgate somehow is like a 14-point underdog in that game, which seems like a lot to me. And I am struggling with who I have coming out uh, clearly to the final four of this bracket because I want to take Texas to the final four. I do, but they're playing a team like Colgate, like you said, who is pretty good actually. And then I have them matching up um, later on with a team like Xavier and I've loved Xavier all year and that's tough. And so, yeah, I'm struggling with that same thing. You know, uh, Speaking of other upsets, Drake over Miami has been the, I believe, uh, ESPN bracket insiders, whatever, has said that that's the most picked uh, upset so far is is Drake over Miami. And I just think people have just been as bad as the ACC was all this year. I think people are just underselling Miami and are just, you know, fishing for that that pick, that one twelve over 5. So, no Chad O'Meara. I need to know his status for Miami. Yeah, totally, totally. Um but I still think that I still think they beat Drake even without him. Miami's only two and a half point favorite in that game, though. That's that's tough. So um, I'm a little surprised at how big the spread is. Uh, Colgate, Texas. Um, I still think Texas wins, but I think yeah, I it's just a game that's probably going to be at least in our estimations a little closer than what I I think the mo- the normal person's going to think. Bro, I think they're going to win too, but. I wish I had the foresight to say, yeah, I think this guy, Max Aismas, could give Ohio State a run for his money. Yeah, I think Doug Eater and St. I mean, no one knew St. Peter's. And I guess you take solace in the fact that no one's going to pick Colgate over Texas. But what I will say is I'm going to take Texas to win that game. But I, I really would not be surprised if Colgate wins. 
I, it, like it would not shock me. I'm done being shocked with a 15 over two. I think Colgate's criminally underseated here and Texas got a shit draw. I'd be pissed kind of. Well, and it's just, you know, in my mind, at least it's like, you don't want to seem like that idiot that loses his final four team at noon on Thursday. You know, <laughs> like that, that's my trepidation is that right there where it's like, oh yeah, good. My brackets toast. And I haven't even opened a beer yet, you know, and, and and my brackets toast. So that's kind of my fear is like, yeah, it's that hesitation. And that's what hesitation is what kills is is the killer, right? Is anytime you hesitate on something, it, it, that's that's what causes all the issues. And I'm having that problem with Texas. Literally in everything in life, everything in life, especially yeah. in basketball, right? You get an open you, shot. You get hit by a car. It's because you didn't make the decision whether you're going or staying. That's I mean, that's exactly it. I'm probably going to get caught in the crosswalk here on Thursday and Friday. I can't wait. But uh, that game, that Colgate game, is legitimately impacting how I pick Texas. Despite the fact that, again, I think Texas is so good. But uh, I have – so here's my Sweet 16 and onward, Taylor. Okay? I have um, Houston, Miami. All right? In this, in this region, I have Houston versus Miami. Miami's going to beat Kent State. That's going to be a, a nice favor for them. Uh, and then I got Xavier over Texas. And then I got Houston over Xavier. So Houston wins the region, but Xavier over Texas, man. So I didn't want to take Texas all the way to the Elite Eight because, again, I'm telling you, I could see them losing to Colgate. But I'm going with the Sule Boom factor here. I, I, I just think this is a spot – where Xavier can can strike and make a move. And I don't know. It's going to be one of those. It's going to be get on my back. I'm going to take us to the promised land, says Sule Boom. And he's just the best player on the court. I got Xavier over Texas in the Sweet 16. And as much I, – I, I don't agree. I'm not taking that, but I completely see because it could be a game where, like, the difference between having someone like Sean Miller versus uh, – Ronnie Terry uh, that were and I'm not saying that's not me trying to sing the praises of Sean Miller it's more so that he's been here a lot and obviously Ronnie Terry has not I I don't know how big of a factor that is or where that becomes a factor in this tournament whether that's against Colgate whether that's against Xavier whether it's in the final four I I I don't know but I I would imagine at some point it's going to become a factor um I struggled with not taking Xavier in that game too. So my my sweet sixteen is I have Miami upsetting Houston, um, which is spicy, and then I have Xavier against Texas as well, and then I have Texas beating Miami to go to the Final Four, and that's what I'm saying. That's where my trepidation lies. Is like if you look at every game that I have Texas playing: Colgate, Tamu, Xavier, and either Miami or Houston. Those were very all losable games for Texas. And I don't think that about like uh, other two seeds. I, I don't think, you know, like I don't think that um, you UCLA is not going to lose to UNC Asheville, right? I, I, I'm pretty comfortable with saying that. I don't think Arizona's losing to Princeton, knock on wood, or I'm quitting this podcast. Um, I don't think, you know, obviously Houston's not losing to Northern Kentucky. Yeah, all this type of stuff. But that Texas Colgate, um, and then maybe another one in a different bracket that I haven't brought up yet is is maybe a little spicier than anticipated. But um, but yeah, at this moment in time, I am really wrestling with having Texas to my final four. Takes brass buns. 
I, I commend you. I just don't have those brass buns. And that's why I'm playing it safe out of this. I'm going Houston. All year, I've said they were the best team. And you mentioned it, I think, a couple episodes. You were like, they have played on the one seed line the entire season, every single game. And they lost to Memphis, of course, but they were without Marcus Sasser. These picks might be updated in light of any Sasser news that we get. For now, I still don't know. But I just kind of went with the tried and true Houston. And I think it matters that they're playing to get back home and play two home games to win a national title. I mean, that's what I was about to bring up is a lot of Lone Star action um, here in this part of the bracket. You know, obviously TCU is in a different part uh, of the bracket, you know, but Texas A&M, Texas and Houston. I don't think Texas A&M has a shot, but Texas and obviously Houston, how cool of a storyline would that be in the Elite Eight to go home? in a lot of ways for both of them. Obviously, Texas is in Austin. I understand that. But, you know, really, uh, a Lone Star showdown to for the Final Four in the Lone Star State, that's a pretty pretty cool storyline if that all comes to fruition. I'm also a sucker with storylines and how I pick this. It's like, do I foresee Kansas and Texas playing for the fourth time this season? Is that a possibility? All these different things. So uh, that is uh, the East or excuse me, the Midwest region. All right, Taylor, let's go to the West now. All right. Any upsets here? Also, can I just point out how much I hate this every year when this happens, when the West is in the bottom right and the South is in the Northwest and the Midwest is in the East and the, uh, in, in terms of like the, where the brackets yeah, actually it, line up. It's yeah. Like uh, a human compass. It doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah. I know. I know. And I, I know there's reasons for that. I understand that. So I just uh, always laugh at that anyway. So the West, I kind of, um, you know, really like my team. I have coming out of, of the West for the final four, but let's start with any, um, any upsets. Uh, the, I don't know if it's that big of an upset, but I Boise state over Northwestern. <laughs> As much as I like this Northwestern team, I think Boise State uh, is better than a 10 seed, really, I think. I've watched a lot of them this year. Um, obviously, we've talked about the Rices, uh, this father-son duo there uh, at, at Boise State. I think they're a, a tough team. I know they just blew it uh, in their in their conference tournament last week, uh, but I'm okay with that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them over Northwestern. And then um, I have Iona over the con. And the and UConn's a popular Final Four pick this year, and I think as uh, if you've listened to this program, I've been trending off of UConn pretty much since the holiday season when they pretty much became the number one, number two team in the country. I don't love that, Matt. I mean, think about if you're UConn, you make the tournament and you get to play one of the ten best, five best, ten best college basketball coaches of all time in in the first round. That's tough. I know that Iona's not as talented or big. I, I get all of that. I just think that there's a there's a got to be a Patino factor in there somewhere, and that's where I'm going to bring that in. It is there um, not an upset? I have Illinois over Arkansas eight nine, but uh, yeah, those are those are my kind of the Boise State one's not that big of a deal as upset wise, but I think I'm very much in the minority of having uh, Iona over UConn. Yeah, I think you are as well. That's an interesting pick. That atmosphere is going to be electric. I think that's in Albany. I think they're playing that game in Albany. And of course, if you know those two fan bases, there's a lot of representatives for both of them in the New York area. So I, yeah, I'm 
I'm staying with Connecticut there, but in terms of upsets, I know UCLA is not going to lose to UNC Asheville, but UNC Asheville is Drew Pember. And UCLA is struggling right now at the big position. They have to deal with injuries with the Dembona, who I think is going to play or probable. Need confirmation on that. Someone keep a log for me, by the way. Someone needs to keep a damn injury log. What's going on with Norchad O'Meara? What's going on with Marcus Sasser? What's going on with the Dembona? All right. I know Jalen Clark's done. I know the guy Zeller's done. Very sad. But I need to know some of these other probables, all right, before I set this baby in stone. Mac Etienne's not very good. Uh, Kenneth Nuwoba is all right. He, he can defend better than a Dembona. But I think UCLA is going to win the game. But Drew Pember might be able to have his way for UNC Asheville. I also have Boise State over Northwestern. I think there was a bit of a streak there for Northwestern where after they broke into the rankings and, and when they after I think they beat Purdue, they kind of slipped a bit. And they slipped again in the Big Ten tournament. I think Boise State just has a little bit more firepower. And I think they've had to play consistently good basketball throughout the course of the season. Plus, if you just are looking for value, a 10 over a 7 is pretty good, uh, especially if that winner has to play UCLA. I think UCLA is be, still being criminally undervalued. UCLA is going to beat either of those teams. Um, outside of that, I don't. everyone I think is going for VCU over St. Mary's. Not sure why. Aiden Mahaney. Uh, the A-10 was a one-bid league. It was not a good conference whatsoever. I'm going to go with St. Mary's there. And uh, I'm going with Arkansas over Illinois again. So those last two items that I mentioned to you in terms of seeding, not really upsets. But I can't trust Illinois, man. Cannot do it. So I'm going with Arkansas on that. So I guess the biggest, the only real big upset I got in here thus far is uh, Boise State over Northwestern. Taylor, I'll kick it back to you. Any other items you want to highlight here from this region? Anything that jumps off the page? So that Boise State Northwestern game is in Sacktown, the Mac Town, as well, by the way. So you're going to have a very pro Boise State crowd there. Uh, I don't think a lot of the nerds from Northwestern are flying out from Chicago to Sacramento for the weekend. I'm just going to guess that uh, Sacramento is not exactly driving distance from Boise, but it is certainly within a one hour, hour and a half type of flight range. Um, That is probably going to be a very pro Boise state crowd. I would imagine. I would guess that there might have be a pretty decent atmosphere for Boise state UCLA. If that's how it plays out too. obviously UCLA, will be in their home state, albeit 500 miles from campus, you know, so I'm not sure that how much of a factor that is. Um, but I would, I would think that there's a pretty good um, uh, atmosphere there in Sacramento at the golden one center, like the, uh, like the beam there at the golden one center. I really wanted to take grand Canyon over Gonzaga. I really, really did want that. I, I just, my head actually worked I think for once and uh, said, okay, overtake the heart on, on this because that's not going to happen. They're going to get smoked. Uh, I did enjoy Grand Canyon, obviously winning. Uh, I was rooting for them all last week, and I had to. And I don't like Gonzaga at all, so I had to put my uh, biases away uh, on that one. Very interested in in how this Eddie Lampkin situation with TCU uh, affects them, though. Uh, I don't think ASU or Nevada is 
is any good or either of them are any good. But there's some turmoil there at TCU that probably didn't need to be there, I guess, right now. I don't know. I, you know, that there's my, maybe even some allegations of assault or something like that uh, that's going on. So I don't want to speak too freely on that without knowing all the facts. But uh, it gives me a lot of trepidation in taking them. It's not necessarily reflected in my bracket, but as I'm as we're here three days before the first game, two days before the first game, I'm thinking I'm going to have to monitor that real closely because that could impact uh, that side of the bracket pretty significantly for me. Well, he's transferring. He put his name. In the well, board. I'm just saying if anything else comes out about the sure. situation as the, and the whys, the hows, all that type of stuff. I just didn't know if you knew that or not. Wanted to confirm you knew that, but yeah, Eddie Lampkin gone from TCU. And I agree because coming into this, tournament just three weeks ago man i feel like it's just gone completely downhill for and this might be jamie dixon saying you know what i'm done with challenges i'm done with out of conference games in the middle of the season this has come crashing down for texas christian university i think they played mississippi state i think that's the game where mike miles got hurt and it's been a roller coaster and super uneven ever since haven't gotten consistency and, and minutes from Eddie Lampkin. Minutes, I'm saying, like, he hasn't been healthy, which isn't his fault. Uh, Mike Miles, not necessarily his fault. I wish this team was fully whole because I, I, I think people know what the potential is. And I'm, I was this close, Taylor. I was this close to taking TCU over Gonzaga, even with how they are today, because I, I'm still hearkening back to how Gonzaga struggled a little bit against premier teams. They're rolling right now. They're scorching hot. I don't know if there's a better offensive team in the country, but I think TCU can hang with them. The thing is, is that TCU doesn't shoot the three ball well at all. I do think there is going to be some distraction regarding the Eddie Lampkin situation. It's just not primed and prepped and set up on a tee for TCU to make this run because I think it's really, you're looking at two programs for this year at the least that are going in different directions. You got Gonzaga absolutely surging and then you got TCU trying to recreate any sort of magic that they had from last year's team. So I'm going to go Gonzaga over TCU. St. Mary's UConn is going to be a good game, but I'm a believer in UConn. I think when they're at their A game, they're a top five team. So I'm going to take UConn over St. Mary's. Um, and then coming out of this bracket, I'll, I'll run down my Sweet 16 here, Taylor, and then I'll get your thoughts on the West. I got Kansas over Connecticut. Gonzaga over UCLA for now. I actually might switch that, but we're going to get a rematch of that epic game. And then I got Kansas coming out over Gonzaga. Right now, I've been a huge, huge wiener, I think. I have a two seed, a one seed, and Kansas is my uh, second one seed. But I have Kansas coming out over Gonzaga, and I don't understand why they're not getting more credit. Is it just because they won last year? I shouldn't say credit, but maybe uh, – publicity or picks to go through? Is it just because everyone's going to say, well, you can't repeat? I guess that's true. But Kansas has 17 quad one wins. That's insane. They got to the Big 12 title game without their head coach. That also is insane. I think I think we're just saying oh, on paper, oh, well, Texas absolutely murked them twice. And they did. Texas is great. Kansas, And they did that without Timmy Allen. Kansas was without their leader. Kansas has has dogs that have been there before. They have Dewan Harris, right? They have uh, they have Jalen Wilson, who's arguably the best player in the country. I just got to go with Kansas over Gonzaga here, but it might be Kansas over UCLA. Taylor, what's your Sweet Sixteen and who you got winning? 
Yeah, pretty similar. I've uh, Kansas. I don't think Kansas is going to have any issue. They're going to dispatch. I have Illinois winning, but I don't. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, uh, over Arkansas, but Kansas is going to walk into the Sweet Sixteen, in my opinion, uh, where they're going to also beat St. Mary's uh, as well. Uh, it's unfortunately West Coast Conference fans would be salivating at the opportunity to have Gonzaga and UCLA play, and maybe a St. Mary's Gonzaga Elite Eight. I have both of those teams, unfortunately, losing in the Sweet 16, though. And I have UCLA, despite how much I haven't really loved them. I just think they have a great path here. Um, I I think that Gonzaga is not... We know that they're not the elite, elite Gonzaga team uh, from years past, although they are playing better uh, as of late. At that point, uh, Bona should be healthy because we're talking about literally two-plus weeks from from today so um i don't think that's going to be an issue obviously jalen clark will still not be there um and i still don't necessarily love tiger campbell because of those factors though is why i do have kansas coming out of this side of the bracket as well i i think this is a great personally i think it's a great draw for kansas here you're talking about if your path to the final four is playing arkansas or illinois uh, a west coast conference team that's not gonzaga and then you get to play an injured two seed from the Pac-12, no less. Uh, that I think that's a great fucking path, if you ask me, as a one seed. I agree. I agree. Looking at the path, and again, just looking at how great they were all season. They've had stretches of complete dominance. I think we're looking at them as the number one overall seed if they win the Big 12 tournament. Of course, Alabama ends up winning the SEC tournament, and, and Kansas loses theirs, but it's still there. Right. And I think with the big 12, some of these teams just need to stop beating up on each other and, and giving us reasons to pick them apart. I feel like that's what we're doing with Kansas. It's like, Oh, well, did you see that they lost to a Timmy Allen list Texas team? Yeah. But I also saw them perform so well throughout the entire season. And I saw them rack up this insane amount of Q1 wins to put themselves at that one line. And I'm just like, they're a machine. These are, these are players. Yesifu, he was on that roster last year that went, that went and won a national title. I know they lost a lot. And of course they guys, they got bill self. I I just, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why Kansas is being so undervalued here, but I'm going to go with the Jayhawks out of the West. And you know what, Taylor, damn it. I switched up. I went UCLA over Gonzaga. So Kansas is going to beat UCLA. That performance in, in the Pac-12 title game without pretty much any big man was really, really telling. And I don't know if it was eye-opening because I always knew UCLA is a tough son of a bitch team. I, th- I think a lot of people are selling them a little too short. And I said, look, they're not going to get to a Final Four. I'm pretty confident in that. But... I think people were saying they're done round of 32, sweet 16. I think they'll get to the elite eight. Well, matchup wise. Yeah. You know, I think if you were just looking like in a vacuum, right. I don't think that they're like an elite eight potential uh, team if they were maybe in a different bracket, but like if they had to play Xavier, if they were in Texas's spot, I'd take Xavier over UCLA personally. And I'm not saying that that's, all true or whatever. I'm just saying that they have a really good draw, I think, for for what their team is right now. Um, I, I've been meaning to bring this up, and we talk about this every year, but uh, this part of the bracket also goes to show how little the committee actually cares about conference tournament performance. 
UCLA lost twice to another two seed this year. That other two seed is not in the West. (laughs) They got sent somewhere else. And which is fine, which is fine because now that I look at where Arizona is at, I'm like, I would rather not have to play Kansas at any point until like the national championship game or final four or whatever. Right. So I, I, I'm not upset about it. All I'm saying is like St. Mary's got beat by 1 million American points in the, in their conference title game, still a five seed, still in their preferred side of the bracket or part of the bracket in the West. So it really goes to show you how little the conference or the committee actually cares about conference title games, which we know this every single year. And yet every single year we're like, well, I don't know if they perform well in the conference tournament, blah, blah, blah. The only teams it really affects are the, yeah, the, the grand canyons and the, the people with the automatic qualifiers, unless you're, or like a Penn state, you know, something like that. It doesn't really affect the, the Kansases, the UCLA's, the Arizona's, the you know even the Dukes, Dukes of the world. Duke won their conference tournament. And even they're still a five seed. You absolutely nailed it with Penn State. That's the that's kind of like the sweet spot of what everyone's looking for is a name that we're familiar with. Not everyone's familiar with Southern Utah or Texas Southern, right? But a name that we're familiar with, which is a Penn State, that was a ten seed that ha- had to do damage. They had to do damage in the Big Ten tournament to safely get in. And they did exactly that, which is get all the way to the title game and then lose, right? So it is important for those guys, of course, the one-bid leagues as well. But, yeah, I I, I get what you're saying. Um, UCLA, I think what they did was, well, you know what? Arizona has some pretty crummy losses. I know they won some really great games and against some top 15 teams, but UCLA doesn't have as bad as losses. So, Let's let's give it to them. And you know what? You're right. That is that is perfectly fine. So we both have Kansas then coming out of the West. Let's finish it up now, Taylor. In the East, upsets and storylines. I'll yield to you. God, I hate this region. The worst, man. Oh, my God. I hate this region. I have done this eight times and I've come out with eight different results, essentially, uh, of how this works out. So I have gray mustache hair because of this goddamn uh, region. Man. Uh, yeah. So I actually I'm going to talk about a nine seed because I think it's going to be considered an upset. I'm going to take FAU in that game. Memphis is kind of a hot, trendy pick with how athletic they are, how they played well late lately, beat Houston uh, in their conference tournament game. Um I kind of think they're going to be one of those teams that people are going to be like, oh man, they could take down Purdue, a team that gets talked about more and more and more and more all of a sudden, all the way up to selection Sunday and their number one seed or the number nine seed beats them by 12. You know, I I think it's one of those type of games for me. That's what I think. In half my brackets, I'm taking Oral Roberts, I guess. In like half the other ones, I'm taking Duke to the fucking final four. Like I don't, I don't, I think... If they can get past Oral Roberts, I actually think this is a really, really great draw for Duke. And I know that I'm not going out on a limb by saying that because that has been kind of the topic of discussion in college basketball over the last 24 to 48 hours is Duke's path is attractive. We haven't fully seen the impact of uh, of Zakai Ziegler not being available for Tennessee anymore. Obviously, they had a couple games uh, since that injury. I'm not sure we've seen the full impact of it yet, so that's still... There's a lot that we still have to figure out there. Um, Duke is 17 and one when they're not injured. I mean, that's a pretty good indicator for how what the ceiling of this team is. As much as I don't like a lot of their pieces, um, they've got a really great path here. I have Providence beating Kentucky in the first round. Uh, that's kind of my big upset here. Um, I don't think Montana State 
the Bobcats are not going to beat the Wildcats. I do not think in that. Uh, I have gone back and forth with USC to, over Michigan State. I have about half the time taken USC, even though I don't think they're that good. But Michigan State's not that good either. Um, Marquette has maybe a t- tougher matchup with the Catamounts than people realize. Vermont is just a perpetual tournament team at this point. Um, is this like their six in a row? Can you fact check me on that? It's a lot, isn't it? It's a. I think it's a lot. They they are consistently in this tournament. I don't know yeah. if it's been six years in a row, but they they run the America East. Yeah, it's a lot. So I guess my my real upset I have is Providence over Kentucky. I think we're underselling Providence, and Kentucky played much better in the second half of conference play, especially second half of the year, really after a really rocky start. But um, Providence is just a tough team in my mind, and and it one of these years they're gonna push through uh in the tournament maybe a little undervalued as an 11 seed in my opinion so what say you soup yeah i'm looking at this if we go top down i got fau over memphis as well and again this kind of i'm subscribing to the charleston theory you don't you don't win your regular season and conference tournament while while accumulating 30 plus wins for nothing all right and memphis has played incredibly well kendrick davis is a stud and he's the only, he's pretty much the only reason why I'm very hesitant to take Florida Atlantic. But again, this is an FAU team that's been ranked this season. This is an FAU team that I think is top 20 in Ken Palm. And I'm not trying to just blindly, blindly give out numbers, but FAU is a damn good team. And I got burned in the CAA by trying to take Hofstra instead of Charleston. I got burned in the conference USA by trying to take Grant McCaslin in North Texas but at least I admitted it last Jerome. I said that was just a dumb pick. I should have gone with FAU. I'm going with my gut here. I spurned my gut when it came to FAU. I'm going with my gut and, and taking them over Memphis because while I think Memphis may have beat Houston even with a healthy Sasser, I don't know if they're. this is a tough draw for them. This is kind of BS, honestly, because Memphis has some great wins. But I'm going to take FAU over Memphis uh, there was a. I was flirting a little bit with with Oral Roberts, Connor Vanover, and Max Aismiths over Duke, but I think Duke's playing well enough right now, where they're going to win that game. I have Kentucky over Providence. Uh, I tried going with the upset last year with South Dakota State over Providence that backfired, but I think people are making too much of the Bryce Hopkins revenge game. I know I had alluded to it and referenced it earlier in this program. A lot of these times. I think players get a little too jacked up and I'm nervous that Bryce Hopkins might be too turnt, too hyped for this game. So I'm going to take Kentucky and Providence just hasn't looked good the last couple of weeks. I think this unfortunately carries over to this game. In terms of upset though, I am going to take USC over Michigan state. And I actually felt pretty decent, decent about this. Michigan state looked awful against Ohio state. Just terrible. I think that was telling. And I know Ohio State was hot, but Michigan State wasn't even competitive for some reason, and I don't get it. They have elite guard play in Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogard, but I trust Boogie Ellis. I trust Vince Uwachukwu for USC. I think Drew Peterson's battling a little bit of a back injury, but I'm going to take USC in this game, and it really doesn't matter to me, this game, because I think either one of those teams is is losing to Marquette. So give me the lower seed there. And I, I think USC is one of the least talked about teams in this in this entire bracket. So I'll take them. I'll take Bo- Boogie Ellis, Iwachukwu 
I like USC uh, in terms of an upset there. Taylor, any storylines or uh, thoughts coming from this East that jump out to you? Well, I do want to say I'm glad you brought up Boogie Ellis because he's the type of guy that can make himself a household name uh, in this type. Same same way that like Sole Boom can, um, you know, some of these really, really good guards. Uh, Boogie Ellis can put 30, 35 on anybody. That doesn't mean he's going to, but he's cert- it's certainly within the realm of possibility. So he can make himself a lot of money in this tournament, whether that's via – uh, you know, professional basketball somewhere or you know, some kind of sponsorship deal going forward somehow. But that's a guy who can make himself a lot of money in this tournament. The same thing with a guy like maybe Tyler Cullen. Um in a different fashion, though. Uh, another guy who controls the game uh, for Marquette that uh, controls it in a very different manner than like a, like a Boogie Ellis does. So um, I... God, what are the storylines? There could be a million from this. Um, Rick Barnes somehow figures out how to finally not choke while having like his worst offensive team without a starting point guard ever. Duke making a run um, after having kind of an up and down season. And then all of a sudden Shire is just steps right in and takes over and keeps the ball moving down the field. A guy like Keontae Johnson at K-State very much is another guy who could take over for a three, four game stretch. Um, I could see one of the storylines being one of the matchups I took. Kentucky fans are not happy with John Calipari, and they haven't been kind of for a number of years at, at this point. They lose to like a Providence in the first round. Lexington might burn tonight or that t- or Thursday, Friday night, whatever night it is. It, so that's a great storyline there. Um, or yeah, or in the opposite, Oral Roberts, a team that is another popular upset pick it's it's crazy oral roberts is one of the most popular upset picks but duke is also one of the most popular uh teams taken to the final four that isn't like a one or two seed so um let's put it this way i i I, this isn't supposed to be a cop-out answer when i say this but not only is this a uh, a region that has some storylines to start off with but it's a region where storylines are going to develop on their own just depending on which matchups, because there's kind of some good, uh, you, you know, matchups in each individual game that will produce some different storylines that are that are nationally relevant. Let's put it that way. So, uh, the t- other two things that I hate about this uh, bracket is I also think these are like the worst one and worst two seeds that we have. And so, trying to figure out where I have Purdue losing or not losing, or like how good I think Marquette really is, has been extremely difficult for me. I think that's a great point. And looking at this, I think the storyline is actually going to be Tennessee. And I'm going with the UCLA route. The numbers still love them. I think they're still a top five Ken Palm team. They're tough. They can defend. I know I'm going to get defense from Tennessee. The question is, am I going to get a semblance of offense? And I think they have enough to beat Louisville. I think they'll have enough to beat Duke. Because I think Duke's also 6-4 and four against, uh, against Q1 competition. Duke's played very well recently let's take a little closer look at who they're playing though all right and i think when they go up against the tennessee they might get their shit pushed in against a far more physical intimidating elderly team uh jjj vescovy i i believe in this vols team to get to the sweet 16 uh, where that sets up for a rematch against purdue and i say a rematch of the ryan klein game when ryan klein and louisville absolutely ripped out tennessee's hearts can they get retribution? I'm actually still fighting with that a little bit. But for now, 
I have the Purdue winning again in that rematch. You mentioned Keontae Johnson. I feel like Kansas State is getting zero respect. I think they their apex and the the best that they've played all season clears the best that Marquette played all season. And Marquise Noel, I think, needs to gain a little bit of his swagger back. Jerome Tang, albeit his first year as a head coach, knows how to advance in this dance because of all the years he spent with Scott Drew. I really like this Kansas State team, and I actually think the bracket broke pretty well for them. It's The, the Kansas State-Kentucky game, which I have, it's going to be a dogfight, as is the Kansas State-Marquette game. But I'm going to take Kansas State over Marquette uh, there in the Sweet 16 because I, I just I want to buy Marquette and, and the signs are all there. They just smashed Xavier, who I apparently have beating Texas. But I think Kansas State is going to come out of this and challenge Purdue in the Elite Eight. So, Taylor, my Sweet 16 then would be um, would be Purdue-Tennessee. I got Purdue winning. I don't feel great about it. Only because of the Z, only because of the injury. God, I hate this region. Kansas State Marquette. Kansas State beats the Golden Eagles, and then Purdue beating Kansas State to go to Houston. What's your Sweet Sixteen? So I have Duke winning that Tennessee game, um, and I also have them beating Purdue in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, I have Kansas State and Marquette also playing, but I have Marquette winning that game. I can tell you that. And let me say this before anyone like wants to call me out on Twitter or in a text group chat or anything. I understand when I say multiple brackets, that means that's a super cop-out situation. And so I'm going to tell you that like I've probably taken each of these four teams to the Final Four in each, in each of my brackets. There's only one bracket I care about as my own. But if someone gives you the option between having one lottery ticket or 25 lottery tickets for free... You, t- you should take all 25 because if someone has an opportunity to win a million for the best bracket, you might as well toss as many in as possible. There is only one bracket that I'm submitting to all bracket pools and everything, and that's the one we're talking about today. But I will say that, yes, I have taken all of these teams to the Final Four at some point. But in this situation, I'm taking Marquette to the Final Four. And if you want to, if you want me to sell you on that, I can't. I, okay. I can't sell you on that. <laughs> My sales job for Purdue is... For the love of God, Matt Painter has to break through. You have the National Player of the Year who just posted back-to-back 30 and 10 games. You have a guy who's going to get a friendly whistle. You have The, the only thing that scares me is you're, you, you have freshman guards who I think might wilt under the bright lights of Braden Smith, a Fletcher lawyer, kind of terrified about those guys. But I think at this point, you just have, you have to ride Zach Eady and – Look, if I'm coming back, I didn't take Purdue all that far last year, but they lost to St. Peter's when they had no business doing that. This this region is just such a cluster, Taylor, that I'm reverting back and I'm just like, God damn it, whatever. I'll just go with the one seed. Maybe this year Matt Painter will break through and it's going to be happy times in West Lafayette. So yeah, I'm going Purdue over Kansas State to get to Houston, but my God, I don't feel good about this region. So let me ask you about this region specifically. Um, in terms of the double-digit seeds, which one do you think would have the best opportunity to to go to a Sweet 16? Is that an Oral Roberts if they beat Duke? Is that a USC if they beat Michigan State? Um, I, 
Providence, if they get past Kentucky, those are the only three that I would maybe see uh, have an opportunity to go uh, further than that second round. You might call me crazy here, but it might be Montana State. Big Bobcat guy, huh? I mean, I love Danny Sprinkle. I think Bozeman, he's awesome. Always been Montana. Let's go. Look, it probably is Oral Roberts just with the way they played all season. They were tremendous. But again, I'm telling you, it's a different beast when you go up against the Tennessee Volunteers team. Montana State, if they're able to beat Kansas State and then they get Kentucky or Providence, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me terribly. Now, again, Montana State in the semifinal of the Big Sky Tournament played one of the worst, ugliest games that dragged on till like 2 a.m. Eastern time, maybe even 3 a.m. I think both teams broke 60. I think they played Weber State. They broke 60 in double overtime. But Montana State, I like quite a bit, but it probably is Oral Roberts. I mean, they 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 also might have 30 wins. I'm not sure, but that's a fair question. But I, I don't know. This this region, I think we're going to have so many people that are, are going to have differing opinions. And so that's why when the entire dust, dust settles, I'm going to feel somewhat comfortable saying, well, you know what? I put my eggs in the basket of the National Player of the Year one of the best coaches in the country, the regular season Big Ten champions, and the tournament champions. I can I can at least sleep well knowing that. So I just want to bring up a text that I literally just got. It's from one of my dad's buddies. He goes, dude, can you send, you, send me your bracket? I'm totally lost right now. I said, dude, I hate to tell you this, man, but I am in no different situation, despite the fact that I masquerade as a college basketball fanatic. So we're all, whether we're, quote unquote experts or just regular ass folk, uh, at least in that part of the bracket, I think total crapshoot. Well, you're, you're talking to a last place Jerome over here. I, I still need to take a few laps for that one. All right, Taylor, let's go ahead and get on out of here now with our final four picks, national title winner who remind the people your final four and then what the title game is going to be. So my final four is Arizona playing Marquette and Texas playing Kansas for the 14th time this year. And in the finals, I have Arizona against Kansas with, I mean, this isn't shocking, with Arizona winning that game, a high-scoring game, 85-78. to 78. So I have Arizona all the way. I don't care if people think that's a homer pick or not. I don't think when you take a number two seed to win the national championship game, that's a homer pick. So I'm going to, I'm sticking with that. Arizona over Marquette then Arizona over Kansas to win the national championship in Houston. So I got Arizona over Purdue in the final four. I'm saying this out loud just makes me think this all sucks too. Like this is all wrong. God. Arizona over Purdue, the two biggest chokers in NCAA tournament history. That's what that's joke. what we got. <laughs> God, that really is just West Coast Arizona versus Midwest Arizona or West Coast Purdue versus Purdue itself. God. Um, but I got Arizona over Purdue in the final four in one final four matchup. And then I got Houston over Kansas in the other final four matchup. First of all, I think Houston's better. It is incredibly difficult to repeat, but Kansas is good enough to get to the final four. And then I don't know if they're good enough to repeat with the target on their back and do so in a true road environment. That's rough. I'm telling if telling you if Houston can can get back home to that final four game. 
I think it might be a reversal of the ass whooping that they took to Baylor. You remember the last time they were in the final four and they lost to Baylor, they took a true shellacking. I wouldn't be surprised if they gave a shellacking actually to Kansas, much like Texas did to Kansas. And then it would be full circle full for both of those teams because Kansas gave an ass whooping to Villanova last year, if we recall in the final four game. So I'm taking Houston over Kansas, Arizona over Purdue, which means we got Arizona versus Houston, the Aubrey Coleman game. If you remember, he stepped on Chase Buttinger's face back in like 2009, and it resulted in a crazy fight and a wild comeback for Arizona. Uh, and this is actually, I don't know why I referenced that when we had a rematch and we had this game. No, Literally we, don't have to, we don't have to talk about last year's game. I like, let's throw it back to 15 years ago instead. I prefer that. Revenge versus for the Wildcats. It's incredible being an Arizona fan. You lose so many heart-wrenching and heartbreaking games. You actually gain a ton of revenge opportunities. So revenge game for Arizona here against Houston. They win the national title. Uh, I got it 63-59. to 59. Wildcats. Well, you can't really say Wildcats, but that works too. <laughs> Why not? Arizona Wildcats versus Cougars. Remember that, baby. Yeah, well, I'm looking. I'm seeing. Oh, yeah, there you go. So I was seeing something different on screen. Sorry, my bad. Um, I love that. Can we talk about one more thing? And that's because you you have it in front of your face right now. Please. And that is, that is how important is it to name your bracket? Uh, for me personally? Yeah. Yeah, very important. I think you have, and I, I don't just want to be like big T seven, one big T seven, 13 Taylor's you know? terrific bracket. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, uh, I got Taylor's swag bracket as my random name on the Yahoo one. I had to change that pretty quickly though. So I, I do want to say the the bracket that I have Houston winning, I want you to guess, I know I'm flying off the cuff here, but I want you to guess at what I named that bracket. So if Houston's winning, Marcus Sassafras. Then uh, bad hoes at Onyx. Onyx. <laughs> yeah, come on. I, it's This is way too deep into our college basketball fanhood, the fact that I'm naming a bracket after a strip. Trinidad James, right? Yeah. Hold all of my wrists. Let me take a look at what uh, the games are tonight. I'm pulling that up right now. So obviously we got the – Two sixteens in the. I actually, I should be in. The, I, I want to be in the building right now. I'm about thirty minutes away from Dayton. Be really sweet if I was able to get to the games. But the games tonight: uh, Southeast Missouri State versus Texas A and M Corpus Christi. You got a prediction for that one? Semo versus Tamu Corpus Christi. Is it? It is Corpus Christi, not Texas A and M Commerce. No, it's Corpus Christi. They won. It is Corpus Christi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. There is a Texas AM Commerce as well. Um, yeah, they didn't get the AQ. Give Plus, me. A, they were, they were the, this was a, like their first year, second year in D one. Go ahead. Sure. Sorry. Give me. Uh, give me Texas AM Corpus Christi. And if we're referencing the 2009 Arizona Wildcats, it's going to be the Garland Judkins <laughs> game, who did transfer to Texas AM Corpus Christi. So that's who I'm going to roll with in that one. Many say Garland laid the the foundation down for Tamu Corpus Christi, who, by the way, is dancing for the second straight year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, you know what, damn it, I'm going to go Simo. I, I I listed out the best stories and and the teams you really want to root for. Simo's on that short list along with Kennesaw State, who's like actually pretty good. The other two, Simo and Texas Southern, just aren't very good, but root for the fun of it because they have close to Texas Southern definitely has to have a sub 500 record. I don't know about Simo, but. 
Uh, Kennesaw State's actually good, but give me SEMO. Why the hell not? And then in a matchup of teams that we actually talk about, know about, Pitt and Mississippi State. Thoughts? Boy, this is a good game. That's a, I really, really want to take the winner of this game because um, there always seems to be one year where a, a play-in game or play-in winner ends up uh, making some noise uh, throughout the tournament. I'm going to go with Pitt. I know this game is virtually a 50-50 uh, toss-up. Uh, SEC was probably better than the ACC was this year, but I'm going to go with Pitt uh, simply because they they led their conference for a little while this year. I'm not sure if they that made them feel any additional pressure or not, uh, but I am going to go with Pitt just simply because uh, they showed the propensity to lead their conference uh, for a, a number of weeks, a pretty, actually a significant amount of the season, if I remember correctly, this year. Yeah, I'll take Pitt as well. Has Mississippi State won any big games? I feel like I haven't watched. I keep hearing about. I keep hearing about them, and but I I feel like they've never been on TV one time, and maybe I'm just missing that. But I feel like everyone's like, oh yeah, Mississippi State, they could be good, they could be good, and I'm like, was it, were they ever on a game when they were on TV when they weren't playing like Kentucky? Uh, I I can't remember, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I'm still rolling pit. Yeah, Mississippi State has the they're dead last in three point shooting. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh yeah, I don't know. Pitt only has four quad one wins. And it's ah, this is interesting. Interesting game. But by the way, great job by Chris Chance. He's been awesome. He's been really awesome for Mississippi State. Okay, Taylor, real quick, let's get to the other uh games. Give me your predictions. We'll obviously be recording after those games on Wednesday night. And we can uh, have that episode out on Thursday, get you prepped for the big day, the big opening day. Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson versus Texas Southern. It's got to be FDU, right? Yeah, uh, that's what I'm picking. Uh, Texas Southern did beat ASU earlier this year, who's playing in the later. Um, that's so fun. Playing game that night. Yep, that is kind of interesting. Um, I am going with Farley Dickinson simply because they were always the team I used to pick in NCAA uh 2008 or whatever as the team that you dove in and had to build a program around. That is the hard-hitting analysis you get here on Theater and College Hoops. Farley Dickinson over Texas Southern because of a video game that hasn't been produced in 15 years. Say what you want about the Knights. The dick is fair. Undoubtedly. Fairly Dickinson, I got them over Texas Southern. By the way, I would love to see some sort of chitter, chit-chat or or yakety yak between Texas Southern and ASU. Maybe that Texas Southern game goes to overtime, and you, you see ASU in the tunnel waiting to get warmed up. And then when Texas Southern goes, whether or not they win, I don't know. But I would love to see a little chit chat there. Uh, maybe distract ASU from their matchup against Nevada. Who and actually, this might be two teams that are kind of going in opposite directions. I don't blame ASU for getting smacked up by Arizona, but they played pretty well towards the end of the season. Meanwhile, Nevada limping into the tournament. And if I'm a Rutgers fan, I may be a little upset that these guys got in over us, but alas, take care of your business. I mentioned Rutgers needs to be more mature. Nevada ASU, who you got T? I'm taking ASU. Um, if you look at ASU's losses over the second half of the season, they were two teams that you would kind of expect them to lose to. They lost to UCLA. They lost to Arizona, but also beat Arizona. Um, they lost to Oregon, who's not bad. Uh, they kind of just missed the bubble, um, which is a, a totally a Pac-12 thing to say. Uh, here is our good teams, teams that almost made the tournament. About, uh, about two minutes after you said, yeah, and ASU lost to Texas Southern. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I don't. I just don't think Nevada is very good. I think that there were probably a, a, a couple more teams. That that's my one gripe, I guess, with the bracket is that is that Nevada even made it in. Maybe Rutgers had a better opportunity uh, or a better resume than they did. But uh, as much as it pains me to say this, I think ASU uh, wins that game. And um, depending on the TCU situation, because that's the winner of this game, uh, that'd be interesting to follow uh, into the first round of you know a team like ASU who uh, has really nothing to lose at that point. Uh, you know, being a local here in Phoenix, it it's been um, the talk of the town in a sense that they most I think most people didn't think that they were going to make the tournament. So you're playing you're playing with house money. Um, I know Nevada is in the same boat as well. I understand that, but I think uh, I think ASU is just slightly better um, than Nevada. And ASU is just I think they're the they own the play-in game at this point. That's just where they're at. If they make the tournament, they're in the play-in game. They've been in this play-in game at least one or two times before that I can remember. You can say the same thing about Bobby Hurley and ASU. I think he's one and one in this playing game, which means he's playing. Well, that's in this that's game. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. I thought you were referencing Nevada. My no, friend. no, no. I'm saying ASU has been in this tight. Oh, excuse is, me. Perpetually. Excuse yeah. That's on me. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, a lot of pa- a lot of Pac-12 ties here. Actually, of course, ASU, but Jared Lucas for Nevada, and then Steve Alford as well, and then the winner of this. Let's say it's ASU. They go on to play TCU. Does TCU get knocked out by another Arizona team for the second straight year? Some crazy storylines. I'm actually going to go with ASU as well. I think they are playing very well right now. And actually, that's what you need, I think, in the in the first four games, like the Tuesday-Wednesday matchups. You need, you need to be playing well. And, of course, with the 16 seeds, they are playing well, all four of those teams, because you have to get there in order – you have to win your tournament in order to get there. But Nevada, ASU, Pitt, Mississippi State, as a matter of fact, if it was a Final Four of those teams, I would take ASU to win the whole thing if it was a Final Four uh, of those teams. So I'll take ASU. But Taylor, we've reached it, man. I know we hate this bracket. I know it's been messy. This has been one of the more maddening fillouts I've had in quite some time. But I still love it. The beauty is in the process, baby. The beauty is in the grind. We got tournament action tonight. You know, I usually dislike... We've talked about this before, uh, you know, being on Pacific time versus mountain time. And we just switch. Well, we don't switch here in Arizona, but, you know, we just rolled back to what would be Pacific time. And boy, there's almost nothing better than 9, 10 in the morning on a tournament day that, you know, you're not doing anything else to just say, all right, crack it open, sit down, get let's real. Get it, man. <laughs> yeah, hey, let's get it to it, man. Yeah, that's that's really all I'm looking for in life. I'm a simple man, so all I want is just a beer and a full day of college basketball. I'm not really looking for a lot. Yeah, man, neither am I, but I got a lot. I got a wedding this upcoming weekend. Again, this is something oh, that I identified. Fuck, I keep forgetting about that. This is something that I identified last year, and you kick the can far enough down at some point there's going to be you're going to you know there's there's not enough real estate to keep kicking that can down the road and it's, it's time for me to pay the piper. Um, and I'm going to be able to watch the Arizona game on Thursday, which is nice unimpeded, but Saturday, I don't know, man. My brother in Christ. Yeah. What a, what a day that's going to be for you. Especially if we got Utah state, Stephen Ashworth, I'm going to be, it might, it might, it genuinely will be better for my health to not watch that game. 
because that's a perfect game for Stephen Ashworth to just go insane and bury a bunch of threes, which Arizona does not defend very well. But I'm getting way too ahead of myself. Let me let me let me procrastinate my worries and the issues. At least I get a free meal on Saturday. Whatever. Um, but we got tournament action, man. Enjoy the first four. Enjoy Southeast Missouri State, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and then also Pitt, Mississippi State. We will catch you next time on Thursday to break down uh, the other first four games and maybe see if we've updated our bracket. See you next time, folks.